Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 122. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Austin McCauley of the band Limbs. Um, Huge shout out to him for taking the time to do this. Uh, You know, it's a really cool conversation that we had. Um, We talked about a lot of different things, including uh, him kind of transitioning into take over the lead vocal um, position within the band and kind of what that looked like and how that came to be, Uh, as well as, you know, the new EP that they're getting ready to drop on June 24th. That's coming out via UNFD, and it is called Coma Year, um, and it is such a powerful EP. Like, you guys, I don't think, are, are really ready for it, whether you've listened to the band before or not. There's so much um, that goes into this specific EP. Um, it's, again, a very powerful uh, EP, and I'm, I'm really stoked that uh, we were able to talk about it, you know, we dive into some of the songs and kind of give you uh, some insight on things, um, you know, as always, we don't get into necessarily the exact specifics of every song or anything like that, but definitely enough to give you a, a really good perspective on kind of what was going through the band's, you know, life or their minds at the time. Um, yeah, and Austin was was awesome and, you know communicating all that and just having a a great conversation. So um, let's just go ahead and dive right into this conversation that I had with Austin McCauley of Limbs. Um, So to kick things off, I do start with the same boring ass question every time. And that's a simple introduction, man. Who are you? What do you do? And why are we having this talk? Yeah, man. Uh, My name is Austin. I sing for a band called Limbs. And... uh... Yeah, we're here today because you invited me on. Yeah, yeah. stoked to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was one that, you know, when when the team hit me up, um, you know, I was interested in, they obviously sent me the EP to check out. So that being kind of their driving force on getting you on the show is you've got a new EP yeah. coming out called Coma Year. Um, you guys are with UNFD now, like... You guys have been going through ever since, you know, the COVID years, as I call it, you guys have went through yeah. quite a lot of changes and have a lot of cool new, uh, like news to share with people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a growing process for sure. Yeah. I've definitely been through some personal growth of my own and definitely with the band as well. We're, we were in a transi- transitional period for a minute, but yeah, we're, we're back at it feeling better than ever. Yeah. So for anyone that's not familiar with you guys, um, kind of tell the story of Limbs, right? Like, how did you guys form? What does this project mean to you specifically? Because you just mentioned that you've had some personal growth, but like a lot of the song content and everything with this band is very personal to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not the original singer. Um, my friend Chris was the kind of driving force of the band for the longest time. They started in 2013, early 2014. Um, and he, for the most part, was the primary songwriter on things. So they kind of went through some growing pains at first. Um, and then by late 2018, uh, Chris, the former vocalist, actually asked me to 
take his place, which I'm super thankful for, because yeah. if he hadn't, we wouldn't be here talking right now. Right. But um, yeah, man, ever since I jumped in um, in late 2018, it's it's been a wonderful process, man. I, I'm really happy to be where we are now as a band. Um, I'm definitely stoked about how we've all come together collectively to kind of find our own sound and fall into place, so to speak. And I definitely feel like what this record is for us is us finding ourselves, you know, not only for me having, you know, a lot of personal struggles to, to write out and put into this record and kind of really put myself out there. Um, but for the band as a whole, I, I feel like we've really found our, found our place, you know, sonically and just together in general. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know, it's, it's always an interesting thing when you have to take over a project, right? Um, regardless of the situation, like obviously there's a lot of, of artists out there that have taken over projects after, you know, bad falling outs or whatever, but what's it mean to be approached and say, hey, look, you know, like this isn't necessarily what I want anymore. Are you able to, to do this for us? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty wild, actually, because I had been friends with the guys in the band prior to joining up with them. Um, Jordan, the guitar player, and I have known each other for probably since we were in high school at this point. Um, but I remember the day in 2018 when Chris, who at the time was running a coffee shop downtown in St. Pete, Florida, um, kind of asked me to come hang out and you know get coffee with him. And I remember sitting outside on a park bench and he's like, hey, man, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay sure what's up and uh, he's like i got this tour coming up in you know like november december of 2018 i'm not going to be able to do it you know how would you feel about filling in for me and i kind of kind of looked at him for a minute i was like oh okay because just to preface at this time i hadn't played heavy music in in years you know all the other previous projects i'd been a part of were more on like the indie post-hardcore side of things not you know not too heavy at all yeah so I was surprised when he asked me, um, and of course I sort of reluctantly said yes. At first I was like, yeah, man, I, I think you know we can make that happen. And as soon as I gave him the green light on that, he was like, okay, sick. So that being said, how would you feel about taking over full time? And I was kind of just like, what? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what are we talking about here? Um, but no, again, I, I'm super thankful for that because I was at a point in life where I didn't know if I would continue playing music if it was something that I still wanted to do. Um, and then him giving me that opportunity was just massive, you know, on, on, on multiple levels. So um, after that conversation, we went out on tour with Currents and another band from the New England area called Sentinels, uh, good friends of ours, and both of those bands, it went really well. Um, we kind of came home, um, the label, you know, pitched the idea of having tryouts for, you know, other people that they may be interested in trying. Um, and went through that whole process. I did a tryout of my own with some of the older material. And uh, at the end of it all, I, I was the one. It just seemed to be the best fit. And I'm, I'm super thankful for that. But, you know, the rest is history, really, up until today, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's – it's an interesting thing because I don't think the, the casual fan, if you will, uh, realizes, you know, when you're signed to a label, like, they also have a say in that sort of stuff. Like, that's not – Yeah, a, very much so. Yeah, it, it, we signed you to a contract. We get to say how that works. And yeah, it can't just be like, "Hey, yeah, our friend Austin wants to do it. Let's have him do it." Right. So. Right. And it can be like super daunting, right? Like, because obviously you knew the guys and you were starting to build yeah. this rapport, and then it's like, "Oh, by the way, you still have to try out if this is going to be a future thing too." 
Yeah, which, you know, I was completely respectful uh, respectful of in, in the same sense because, you know, I had my own self-doubt. was like, well, am I really the best fit for the band? You know, even if it doesn't work out, it's not like I'm not going to be hanging out with these dudes at every show they right. play anyway. So, um, but, you know, you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, the label also has an obligation to see what's best for the band overall. And, you know, thankfully it ended up being me. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so let's let's dive into coma year a little bit, you know, um, one thing I don't do, uh, and anybody that listens to this podcast has heard me say this a million times and they're probably sick of it. I don't ask what specific songs mean in intentionally anymore. Like, sure. Tell me why you wrote, you know, this song, because I don't want to take yeah. it away from anybody else, you know, like obviously sure. you have your feelings on it and stuff, but I do like to talk about, you know, kind of, overall concepts of songs and like sonically where you guys felt like you needed to drive and things like that. Um, yeah. so with coma year, um, again, a very personal story, you know, I've been lucky enough to listen to the EP a couple times through now. Um, and while it's not necessarily a concept album, there definitely is a, a story that gets told over the course of this. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, when we went into writing this record, the most important thing for me at the time, because of, you know, what not only myself, but what everybody has been through over the last couple of years with the pandemic um, and, you know, the, the previous things that I'd been through in my life, whether it be loss or change or, you know, uncertainty of any means, um, I went into this writing process knowing that there was a lot I had to get off my chest. There was a lot of things that I needed to heal from. And I'm super stubborn and I am all for therapy in any sense. You know, I know that helps people all the time. I probably still need to go talk to somebody at some <laughs> point, but this record for me was that therapy. You know, I, I knew what I was struggling with. I knew, you know, like I said, what I needed to just put out there, kind of wear my heart on my sleeve, so to speak and you know give myself a, a dose of tough love you know kind of confront all the issues that i had kind of just buried you know over the last yeah. couple of years and and you know every song ha is is a different facet of of what i was dealing with at that time yeah uh how different for you is that songwriting process from what you were previously doing with kind of the indie post hardcore and then moving into more of like I don't even want to say you guys are metalcore. You know what I mean? Like you're in this weird <laughs> space in between a few different genres. But I think that's the yeah. awesome thing about music now. Like you're not overly experimental, but you're not like, oh, we're pigeonholed. We we can only play this one type of music. Yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm super grateful for that as well, especially with the rest of the guys and us being able to collectively write things together, you know, because um, Tyler, our guitar player, huge metal fan i mean he's like alexi from children of bodom is like his favorite musician of all time so yeah. <laughs> you know when we go into a session he's like let's make it fast let's just da -da 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 -da. you know so we definitely get some of that from him and um i'm kind of all over the place i listen to just about everything from like bluegrass to black metal you know and yeah. a lot of stuff in between so my musical influences are kind of all over the place um but yeah i i feel like that it all kind of shines through in its own unique way, us being able to put our own touch on, you know, the direction of the band. And, and like you said, you know, we're not necessarily post hardcore. We're not necessarily just metalcore. but you know, as you said too, I think that's the beauty of it is that we're not confined, you know, we're not putting ourselves in a box. We're just 
doing what comes naturally to us. And I think this new release definitely shows that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely yeah. agree. You know, I, I think, you know, the, the way music is now anyway, like I try not to use genre labels too much because yeah. nobody really fits specifically in one genre anymore. Right. Um, you know, and as much as I give them shit, like machine gun Kelly, obviously genre jumped and, and things like that. And there's so much, yeah, it's just like, stuff. I'm writing a pop punk record. It's like, all yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, him and like Kenny Hoopla is the same way, you know, like there's plenty of artists that, that are guy. doing that. Yeah. yeah, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm in the same <laughs> boat as you. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> but I, I've said too, like, we'll bash on him for a minute. Kenny and MGK, I don't think their albums would be nearly as successful or would have even gotten recognition if it wasn't for Travis Barker. Like, if Travis Barker was not in those records, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye about those. That guy, man, the, the body of work that he's created over the years, I mean, even from like Blink, like post Blink like everything else that he's done, even like behind the scenes, like with his mm -hmm. production and working with various artists, like those guys that you meant. I mean, it's just it's wild to take a step back and like, see what he's capable of aside from being just like an ungodly good drummer, like one of the best right. on the planet, obviously. Yeah. 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 No. And I, I think, you know, like the bashing part is towards, you know, Kenny and MJ or MGK. Cause like, yeah. Travis, I don't want to say he can't do anything wrong because obviously we're all human. But right. <laughs> when it comes to music, that guy doesn't fucking miss. Like, yeah, he gets it. He just gets it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, with Coma Year, um, let's kind of do a, a, a walk through it again, more high level than getting into the nitty gritty of why you wrote certain songs or whatever. Sure. Um, but you know for people that are familiar with you guys or maybe that have seen you on spotify's release radar or whatever um let's talk a little bit about spirit breakers since that's kind of yes. been the song that popped off already right yeah um, yeah sonically where were you at like what does this song mean to you in your heart for this yeah that that was a heavy one man not not just sonically but you know subject matter wise um it is unfortunately it's it's about the last conversation that i had with a, a close childhood friend who you know ultimately passed away and succumbed to his his addiction and um it had been something that had weighed heavily on me ever since he passed and going into writing that song i feel like on a sonic level it kind of came naturally with it being, you know, our heaviest release to date for sure. Um, and it just, it followed, it followed the dark theme of, of what I was writing about and talking about in the lyrics, you know, um, that's something that kind of just came into its own, but I knew that with it being so important to me um, in trying to do my friend right at the same time, you know, I had that mindset the whole time we were tracking of like, would he like this? Would he think this is lame? Like, should I write it this way? What would he think? You know, kind of having him in the back of my mind all the time. Um, but I'm, I'm really proud of that one, you know, and I'm a, it's one of my favorite, it's probably my second favorite song on the record, just because I'm a big heavy music fiend. Right. And for right. us to be able to just like really get, get down with that one, you know, for lack of a better term, that that's what I really enjoy about that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting to me to hear you say that like, you kind of second guessed yourself or like, you know, kind of had that voice in the back of your head. Cause to me on the album, that one feels like the most like raw for the emotion. You know what I mean? It just feels like you just were there and just putting it out. 
And it definitely, it definitely went that way because I have a really bad habit at the beginning of, you know, a vocal tracking session where I will hyper focus on like a certain part of a song or, you know, I'll do the same part 50 times in a row before I'm happy with it. But there came a point in tracking that one where that all kind of just fizzled away, where I got, you know, one or two parts down and kind of took a minute. I remember being in the vocal booth when we were recording and be like, I need to just take a minute because... I had these lyrics written and I knew, you know, the brevity of that song and it, and it was kind of hitting me while tracking. I was like, all right, I got to calm down. I got to relax. I got to not be upset right now. And I would tell myself these things, but then the second we start tracking, all that emotion starts flooding back. But in a sense though, you know, like you said, the rawness of the track that comes through, I feel like that's, you know, I can attest that to the, to where my mind was at the time. Cause like I said, I went from, being hyper-focused on trying to get everything just right and just perfect to, I just got to get this shit out. You know, I got to, I got to just let it all out. And you know, that's, that's what ended up happening. And I don't think we could have done a better job with it. No. And I've, I would say it's probably, it's probably my second favorite on the EP as well. Okay. Um, okay. So, you know, and for me now knowing the, the song content, it, it ties into kind of the thought process that I had with it is it reminded me of kind of the emotions that I had when my brother passed away via suicide and, you know, he struggled with addiction and stuff. So that part of the story obviously ties together. Like just that, that like misguided anger, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, we're, we're so angry at them because of the thing, but it's like, it's not really their fault but we have nowhere right. else to place that aggression. No, I, I mean, you nailed it a hundred percent. I mean, cause you know, even listening back to it now, you know, I, and again, like we talked about with this record being a form of therapy for me um, at the beginning of the podcast, like listening back to it still and being proud of what it is, you know, I still have that understanding of like, okay, that's, that's where I was at at the time. And you're right. You are angry at that person to a degree. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, you know that they, they really couldn't help it. Um, yeah. And lyrically with that one, too, it does follow our last phone conversation where, you know, the beginning of the conversation was basically him telling me, hey, man, you know, times have been rough, but I'm kind of getting through it. Things are looking good. I've been sober, you know, X amount of days. And then just like the song shifts into the heavier section, our conversation kind of shifted as well, where he began to kind of speak erratically and start to get really aggravated with me because I wasn't telling him what he wanted to hear. And, you know, it's, it's that, that dichotomy of like feeling sorry for them, but also being angry. And like you said, the the anger is kind of misguided. So yeah, it's, I'm really happy of of the way it came out and I'm, I'm glad that I was able to get those things off my chest and I hope I did him right by it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one to listen back to still for sure yeah no and i i definitely get that you know like i said even with my connection to the song already um, absolutely it, it definitely was one of those that hit me and i'm like ooh, you know like i i know kind of that mindset and it takes you back a little bit but at the same time like yeah you know i talk a lot about music as therapy and you, you've said it a couple times already yeah. as well and i've got a second podcast that is called musicians for mental health that's oh, sick. <laughs> strictly about you know the mental health side of music but like yeah um but no i i do think you know there's there's times in our lives especially with with secondhand traumas as i call them 
where, you know, we lost someone close to us or someone has wronged us in, in some form, um, just not directly, you know, necessarily. Right. Um, but there's something about music when it's a secondhand trauma that is so fucking healing when you can just be like, you know what? Like, I have to get it out there. Like you said, wear my heart on my sleeve, just get it out of my, out of my chest and say like, here's all the problems that I have. Fuck it. They're there. And it pretty much is so cathartic. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's absolutely, man. And I think one of the things that I'm most grateful for, especially, you know, with being so personal on this, record is that when we put spirit breaker out i had an outpouring of messages from you know complete strangers saying like hey man i can understand what you went through with this song you know thank you thank you for your honesty basically because we've all dealt with loss in some sense or another and you know again i'm i'm sorry that you lost your brother that's i know how tough that can be because yeah. my friend his name was major uh he was basically my brother we've known each other since grade school so you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss and having, yeah, man, having people, you know, just hit me up out of the blue and tell them that I was really struggling this week and listening to this song made me realize that I'm not alone. I mean, that just, that yeah. hits you. It hits you in the yeah. feels, you know, <laughs> um, and I, I'm super thankful to have this platform and have the, you know, artistic ability to, to kind of put myself out there like that and have people kind of receive it the way I'd hope they would. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've said it a, a number of times on the podcast where like, obviously we all want to be millionaires, right? Like it would be great <laughs> if, if money was yeah, money's tight, yeah. money is tight. <laughs> but as a musician and you can speak to this, especially with what you just said, like there's a certain level of fulfillment and success measured differently when you yeah. put something out that people relate to and come back to you and be like, dude, that's exactly what I needed. You know, like, I appreciate this. And it, obviously it doesn't pay the bills, but it, it does something for the soul. And that's got a lot to be said as well. Yeah. I, and I feel like that's worth more. Like at the end of the day, I feel like that's worth so much more and not to sound cheesy or, you know, contrived or anything like that. But I, I really do think that, you know, you know, music may not pay the bills, but it, it's always there as a universal healer. You know, having somebody whom, I've never met or never seen, you know, or never spoken to, you know, telling me that, you know, they got through today because of us putting the song out or, you know, they were able to, you know, be strong in a bad situation because of something they heard by us. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's more rewarding than, you know, any dollar sign. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And not to make it like super heavy on you, but it also gives you a certain feeling of responsibility, right? Like, if we're going to be this authentic and honest, like we have a certain responsibility to the fans as well to listen and to be supportive in whatever way we can. Yeah, very much so. But uh, again, I think in that mindset, it, you know, it provides a reward for, for being that vulnerable and open. It, it provides an opportunity for people to not just like stream the music and get bored with it after a week or like, go buy a t-shirt online and then, you know, that's it. Like, look at me, you know, like people talk about vacations, you know, right. went there, got the t-shirt, that's it. You know, it, it provides, you know, a, a deeper level of connection with that. And that's, I love that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So I think the the next one I want to talk about because I I don't even know exactly why, but my favorite song on the album is "If I Go Before You." Um, ah, that one again just hits in the fine. fucking feels. Okay, good. That's my favorite one. Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that because you know as the as the album flows. I'm such a stickler for this. This is another thing that everybody's fucking tired of me saying. When you listen to an EP or an album, listen to it fucking front to back and truly, you know, pay attention. So the first time I I tell people to do it two to three times straight through. The first time is kind of that background noise. Just see where it grabs you, like pay attention to what songs are hooking. Number two is like where you dig into lyrics and, and the feel of the song. And then if you're going to give it that third listen, have the lyrics with you so that you can actually read out like, oh, this is really where they're going with this. But I think I think for this, you know, it was playing in the background while I was at work. Um, Obviously, I I knew Spirit Breaker from the singles, you know, but Mm -hmm. when if I go before you hit me, I was like, I literally stopped. I was typing an email. I'm not even shitting you. I'm typing an email. (laughs) I just stopped and I'm like. Oh, I have to give this one a second go right now. Like, and I rewound it immediately so that I could give it its due attention. Yeah, man. Um, that by far was, was the most difficult song to, to get done, not from a vocal perspective, but just from, you know, a state of being caught up in my own feelings while just like standing in the dark in a vocal booth. But that's, it's definitely the most personal song on the record for me. Um, it's, like lyrically it's presented in the form of a letter to my wife basically telling her about my greatest fear which is if i go before her if if i pass away before she does um you know and it basically just runs through the emotions of understanding that you know we're not immortal and you know life is unpredictable but you know i take solace in knowing that like every moment that we're together is a blessing and that's all we have is that present moment um you know, and the the end of the song, I think, was really important for me because, you know, it's it's a slow it's you know, there's even a lyric <laughs> in the song where it says our souls take a slow dance, but in reverse. And I kind of wanted the music to follow that path up until the ending where everything just, you know, drops. and We have that nice, heavy ending to it. Um, but, you know, it, it talks about my own version of paradise being, you know, just watching one last sunset together, her and I together, you know, sitting on a park bench. And, you know, in a perfect world, we, we talk about this all the time, just in a joking way, we'll, we'll both be 90 sitting on a porch, sipping some sweet tea and some whiskey and we'll fall asleep together and that's it, you know, but you know, that's, 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 that's in a perfect world. Um, But yeah, that, that song, I was one that I really had to get off my chest because we've been married since 2019. Um, we've been together for the better part of a decade, but it's always been one of those things in the back of my mind, especially being gone on the road, traveling all the time or, you know, flying in airplanes, which I'm deathly afraid of flying, uh, which is irrational. I know, but, um, statistically, yeah. yes, it's, it's, irrational. yeah, statistically, I looked it up too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one in 900,000 or something. And then that one out of 900,000 is only is actually fatal. So, but it, yeah, that one, that one for me, man. I'm, I'm glad you think that's, you know, that's your favorite one on the EP as well, because that's mine for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I think the, 
for people that obviously at the time of this going live, let's double check. Um, this will be going live at the beginning of June, June 8th. So um, that okay. one may not be out as a single or anything yet. But um, no. so, you know, I think to comment on kind of the, the drive that you were saying sonically is like it, it flows with the words exactly like you said. And then that that hit at the end is kind of that earth shattering moment. You know, it's it's where the bottom falls out and you go oh shit like you have that heavy realization that this yeah. could happen you know this this yeah. is the end of that um and it's it's super interesting to hear that too because you know i don't want to put words in your mouth but as someone that has battled anxiety and depression basically my whole life that's always been a fear of mine too with with partners is like what if what if i never get that last goodbye or what if i never get to say i love you one more time or whatever right but at the same time like if we think about it we we don't want to go before them but at the same time i don't know that i could handle them going before me <laughs> yeah that's that's the double-edged sword man you know it's like at the end of it which which would be worse you know yeah. would you be worse off you know leaving before the other and having that burden bestowed upon them or you know yeah, like I said, which is worse, man? And I genuinely don't know. <laughs> right, right. They're both pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, I like your ideal world. Like, I've always said, I would, I would prefer to go in my sleep too, just because, like, I don't know. Everything else just seems so sudden and tragic, but going in your sleep yeah. just seems like that peaceful fade out. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we could all be all only be so lucky. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, you know, there's still the chance of like an asteroid hitting the earth or something and just take everything. Yeah, just like a big flash. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, okay, sick. <laughs> that one wouldn't be so bad, right? Like we could probably make yeah. it work. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, that, that, we could work that out. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, talk a little bit about Vertigo, because I think this was another one that's really interesting in the song structure style for you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Vertigo was written, I mean, there's a couple of songs on the record about my dad who passed away. Vertigo and Coma Year are both songs about my dad, but that one was kind of written as a, a tribute to him. You know, he was always the driving force in my pursuit of, pursuit of music. Um, he was definitely the one person that was like, dude, don't give up, just keep going. You know, it, it'll work out one day, just, you know, don't give up. And it's, again, you know, just like the rest of the record, it's, it's a song in the form of a therapeutic release for me. And when the pandemic hit, we had just gotten home from tour um, in January of 2020, the pandemic hit, you know, there was all this uncertainty of like, are we even going to get to be a band anymore? You know, I have lost my job. I did boat work for a living here in Florida and they didn't classify, they didn't say, Oh, this is an essential business. So that shut me. down. I, oh yeah. I was an insane. insurance agent at the time and I was considered yeah. essential. So <laughs> yeah go figure yeah i don't know who conjured up all that but yeah man with with that song um it was a realization of like yes this loss has changed me and you know the only thing that i can do to move forward in my life is to just deal with it and i know it's a lot easier said than done because there were plenty of times where i was just like i can't fucking deal with this like I, right. there's just and that was in that was in 2015 and every day has been a struggle since you know he's, yeah. he was my best friend he was he was the one person that was always in my corner no matter what was going on 
Um, and then, you know, like I mentioned, when, when the pandemic hit, all those old feelings came rushing right back, you know, all that uncertainty, all those insecurities, you know, everything was just like, Hey, what's up? We're going to punch you in the face today. Yep. How's it going? You like your coffee too bad. Bam. You know, so, um, that one, that one was really important for me as well to, to get off. Yeah. 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 I lost my dad in, in uh, 2004 when I was 19. Oh. So, sorry, uh, definitely feel that where there's, there's still days, man. Like, something shitty will happen. I'm like, man, I'm just going to call my dad and bitch. And I'm like, mm, well, no, I'm not. But, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, and not to get super deep, I guess. We're going to get a little deep. But, but it's okay. Like, I mean, the whole record is, is pretty much bad anyways. So. Right. But, like, I, I, you know, one of the biggest sayings that I've always had a problem with is, oh, you know, time heals all wounds. And I think that's an absolute bullshit thing. Like, you I'd can learn to deal with it over time, but it doesn't hurt any less when you're focused on it. You know, like, yeah, I think what we do over time is we learn how to distract ourselves and not look at the wound. But, you know, there's been plenty of late nights, and I'm sure for you as well, plenty of late nights alone in a dark room where you're stuck in your head going, you know, why oh, yeah. not me? Or, you know, why did this happen? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, man. Because, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure you can you know, feel on this as well, but like, I, I still dream about them. You know, I'll still listen yeah. to like old voicemails that I have on my older phones or I'll look back on pictures and things and just be so pissed off that he's not here anymore. But in a weird way, you know, he is still here with me because I feel like he lives on through the memories that I keep and, you know, the music that we make. And, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's what this song is a whole for me. Vertigo is definitely a way of keeping his memory alive. And kind of, you know, showing everybody who listens that, you know, when we experience loss, it's never really gone unless we allow it to be. Yeah. You know, that's that's a way for, you know, me to have him around still. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I talk about on the, the mental people on where we've experienced loss through suicide or whatever. Um, and I think the biggest injustice we do to anyone that has passed, whether it was, you know, their fault or not, um, is unfortunately most people look at the negative side of things. Well, you know, he could have been, they try to forget. Yeah. Yeah. Or they try to just forget. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, but why not remember all the good shit? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I have so many awesome memories of going fishing with my dad or, you know, and like not even saying a word, just sitting on the boat, fucking fishing. Oh, hell yeah. You know, good times. And that's the stuff that you try to bring to the forefront because otherwise you get stuck in, in your head with it. And it's like, well, how's this benefiting anyone? You know, what are, what am I doing with this? Yeah. Yeah, and it was really important for me lyrically on that one to kind of convey those feelings that you mentioned. You know, I used the phrase, you were my only friend multiple times in that song. Yeah. But that's that's what that tribute to him in, in that musical form means to me is, is you know, he was in so many in so many different times through life, my only friend. Like I said, the only guy in my corner. And it's it's a way for me to never forget that. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. not I don't know, like, like I said, you know, it's been 18 years for me, and there's still days where it might as well have been yesterday. So, Dude, um, I yeah. really appreciate that that you're able to 
to put it into words and to try to give other people a focus point on it. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah and it's just in, you know, not to harp on it too much, but I know that so many, I know I'm not the only one. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely other people. And I mean, shout out to, I don't know if you're a fan of Dayseeker at all, mm-hmm. but shout out to Dayseeker and Rory, you know, Rory, unfortunately lost his father um, fairly recently. Um, but they put out a new song called Neon Grave and it's a retelling of, you know, him wanting to be with his dad, even though he can't be anymore. So like, it's, right. you know, guys like Rory and, you know, musicians like myself, you know, writing these, you know, true to the heart, close to the chest songs, you know, hopefully will allow people to realize that, you know, they're not the only ones either. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I talk a lot about, especially with like younger bands, quote unquote, cause I'm, 37 years old and i feel like i'm super old now uh (laughs) but i've been doing music journalism since like 2003 2004 like i graduated high school and immediately started doing stuff like this so um you know i i feel like i've seen enough to know what to tell people but i i tell people all the time like if you're authentic with what you're putting out and putting into the world that is going to be reciprocated through the fan base that you build and like there's going to be fans that follow you regardless of what you do for the rest of your life. If they made a genuine connection with you. Yeah. A thousand percent, man. You know, like we were talking about earlier, talking about, you know, the metaphor of like people go on vacation to get the t-shirt and then that's it. Um, yeah. I, I'm super grateful for those deep connections that people, you know, have while responding to the music that we put out because at the end of the day, I just have to be myself. We have to be forefront with our emotions and, you know, like you said, if it's not a hundred percent authentic, if it's not true to yourself and true to your craft, you know, people may dig it for a little bit, but then it's just going to fizzle away. But yeah. if those long-standing connections that people make when people, you know, like you said, you did a deep dive into, if I go before you the first time I heard it, you, first yeah. time you heard it rather. And, you know, I can only hope that others do the same with this record. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the questions I have been asking more frequently when people have new music coming out um, is kind of, I was told it's one of my hardest questions, so be prepared, I guess. But it's, <laughs> we, we kind of answered half of it with what's your favorite <laughs> song on the album. But what's, yeah. so the two-parter is normally, what song do you think people are going to gravitate to? And then what ho- song do you hope that they gravitate to? Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's, that's actually a super cool question because I we <laughs> we we went back uh, we went on our first tour post pandemic uh, back in January and February with a band called Being as an Ocean and our good friends in Capstan, um, which was just it was like a it was like a homie hangout every night. Yeah. It was a wonderful time. Um, yeah, I just had Michael but on we the got, show for his other project. Oh, for Heart of Gold, yeah, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. yeah, shout out. What's up, Michael? <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we went out on that run together and we got to play Spirit Breaker before it came out. Gotcha. Yeah. And that was about halfway through the set every night too. And, you know, with that song sonically, it's definitely a shift from some of the other material where it's right. just like gut wrenching heavy in comparison to some of our other stuff that we play. And I could see it on people's faces every night. We'd start that song and they'd be like, what the fuck but like in a good way you know (laughs) um so that was that was really rewarding and it kind of gave us uh, a gauge for you know how people would receive it when it did come out 
um that was that was a lot of fun to kind of pepper that into the set and yeah. be like hey look at this you know kind of thing um that was that was that was a lot of fun people seem to really really pick up on that because we'd have people come to the merch table after the set and be like yo what the fuck was that fifth <laughs> song that you guys played you know what is that i've never heard it i'm like oh it's not out yet it's called spirit breaker it's coming out you know this day on this month and they're like dude i'm i'm fucking on it like i'm making sure to save that shit so like it was really cool to see especially with something brand new that yeah. we were kind of testing the waters with and to see people immediately gravitate towards it um so that was that was super cool um in regards to what song i hope people kind of you know kind of lock on to when we go play live honestly i know the generic answer is all of them but um <clears throat> i think slow burn man slow burn is another track on the record that i think is going to be we're all getting ready to go to rehearsals in the next couple of weeks for this tour in June. Mm -hmm. um, but we're all super hyped to start playing that one. It's just going to be a fun, just in your face, like rock song, just really up tempo. Um, and that one, you know, like you talked about earlier with anxiety and depression, that's basically a story of me dealing with that on a day to day basis, you know, that never goes away, but it's more of a slow burn. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That one, that one I'm super stoked for. To, to play live and, and see how people react to it. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's always funny to me in the ironic when people are like, Oh, well, I didn't see this, this depressive episode coming for you or whatever. And it's like, man, I I've known for like two weeks because it's been that slow build of like, I can just yeah. feel my mood slipping and more and more shit hitting my head. And it's like, yeah, man. then you, then you start retracting, you know, turtle shelling as I call it. Oh yeah. And people were like, dude, what happened? It's like, man, I've been working on this for like two weeks. You're you're just now yeah. seeing what I've been working through. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's funny you say that too, because any other any of the other guys in the band will tell you like my my biggest thing on tour, like if I'm dealing with something mentally or whatever the case may be, I'm a big giant escapist. Like mm -hmm. I won't just deal with something head on and be like, oh fuck this, I'm gonna go take a nap and bunk. That's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. wake me up when we get to the venue <laughs> you know? so yeah I'm, I'm super guilty of that um and then you know with that song too like it, it talks about me dealing with those things in my own kind of fucked up way but i always manage to find a way out of it you know yeah may, may not always be the most healthy coping mechanism but i'll always find a way out yeah yeah, yeah. no and i think that's the thing too like people that have dealt with things for a long time and this is not necessarily condoning or saying it's the right answer it's just my personal experience with it as well yeah. i've dealt with it for so long i know how to get myself out of it but i'm in the same boat as yeah. you there are times where i look back afterwards and i'm like probably wasn't the best way to deal with that but i'm, I'm here yeah. i made it through so it is what it is you know um but i think there's a lot to be said about that too with the the self-awareness of like yeah. okay this is getting too heavy for me i have to get away from it um yeah. you know i'm a big escapist myself uh <laughs> i watch entirely too much of the office and parks and rec and shit like that Happens. just to have it in the background oh, yeah. and, and get yeah. out of my own head um but no it, it i think it'll be i would agree i think that's a song that will be interesting to see crowd reactions on because either they're gonna get it or they won't 
yeah, it's, I don't feel like there's going to be an in-between for that one. You know, they, there may be people that like, like the song for what it is sonically, but maybe right. don't pick up on like what it's saying, which is fine. Like, I'm a, yeah. like, if you like it, you like it. That's, I'm cool with that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be one way or the other. People are just going to not get it at all, but maybe still like it. Or people are going to be like, yo, like, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> yeah. That song was talking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so like I said, kind of at the beginning or towards the beginning, this will be going live on June the 8th. So you'll be a few days into your new tour with uh, Greyhaven. Um, yeah. Talk about, you know, the excitement of getting back on the road. You've played a little bit post-pandemic, but like getting back into that cycle of being on the road. Yeah, man, we're, you know, we're hungry. We're, we're ready. We've got a fire under our ass for sure. Like I said, we, we've got a couple weeks, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got a couple more weeks before we all fly out to meet up for rehearsals. And I know we're just going to hit the ground running when we get there, when we all meet up and finally get all our, all our gear set up. And like when Joey, our drummer, like counts us off for that first song, we're just going to be tunnel vision. Like, yeah. fuck yeah, let's go. We're we're really excited to to be on the road with Greyhaven. We've all been a fan of those guys for years, and I think it's I think it's a great mix sonically because we're going to be with Greyhaven, and we're going to do like a co-headliner type thing where we'll trade off every night. And uh, we've also got uh, some friends in a band called the Callus Dabboys that are out of the Atlanta area that are just wild. Those, <laughs> those guys are nuts, and we couldn't be more stoked about it because I think they bring something different to the table, and. You know, in the past, like when I've gone to shows, I think that's been some of my favorite moments, like show going, is having a mixed bill like that where everybody's yeah. sort of in the same vein, but every band's kind of got their own thing going. Yeah. Um, so we're we're really excited about it. I think it's going to be a killer time. And um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think, you know, you guys are playing some awesome places too. So like the day that this comes out, you'll be in Columbus, Ohio at the Big Room Bar. Uh, yep. two days later, you're in Atlanta, Georgia at the masquerade, which is a fucking iconic Always. venue, you know, like, Always. Yeah. um, you've got, uh, the underground in Mesa, uh, Mesa, Arizona, you've got chain yeah. reaction the night after that in Anaheim. Like, it's not like a, Oh, we're on this little dive bar tour. Like, hope you come check us out. Like they're not necessarily right. arenas by any means either, but they're fucking venues that just put on shows yeah dude i um on that last run with being as an ocean and capstan i remember because the guys had played chain prior to me joining the band that i think they'd played it once before um i had never been i was always the kid like watching shows online yeah you know from home like seeing this iconic fucking venue and uh when we got to play it for the first time i remember walking in the door and seeing all like the t-shirts on the wall of bands that had sold it out. And I'm seeing like stick to your guns and terror and like madcap and like all these other bands that I like grew up listening to. And I'm like, Holy shit, I get to play in the same place. <laughs> like it, it was a, it was a surreal experience, man. And, and that place in general has just got so much history to it. And I'm really happy that they're still around because I know they struggled during the pandemic to keep the doors open. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I know Jesse from stick to your guns, had a lot of helping hand in, in keeping them afloat. So like shout out to him for sure. Cause yeah. you know, if he hadn't put in the work with them and, you know, stuck by their side, we probably wouldn't have been able to play it when we did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that, that goes to say a lot about 
so the music industry was really the first thing to be shut down when the pandemic happened yeah. and it's been the oh, yeah. last thing to come back but like yeah. the people that are in the industry have been so supportive of each other and what i've noticed over the last you know two two and a half years now um it's been kind of going that way for a while i guess but like over the covid years the amount of support that bands are giving each other has been through the roof. Like everybody seems to want to see everybody else succeed at this point. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel as much like a competition, you know? Yeah, very much so. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's been our experience as well, you know, with other, you know, other friends and bands, cause you make friends when you go on tour with people, you know, you hope to see you again kind of thing. But, you know, I, I remember getting messages from a handful of other uh, guys in, in the industry. They're like, man, this shit sucks, but, you know, we're, we're not in it alone. You know, y'all let us know if you need anything. And with our label as well, they've been so yeah. supportive through the last couple of years and with our management and our whole team and everybody in our corner. Like, you know, there were plenty of times when we were ready to give up, but had it not been for their positive reinforcement, right. <laughs> you know, we may not be here today. So, yeah, you're absolutely right there. Everybody kind of just banded together you know, for yeah. the greater good. Well, and there's, there's that also the gentle reminder that, Hey, you have a contract, uh, you have to fulfill <laughs> part of this, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe so. Yeah. I mean, we never really, we never really got that vibe. Thankfully, right. But, um, no, yeah, that's probably just laying in the background somewhere too. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yo uh, dude, like the second y'all are able to go get some money on tour for us, let's do it. Yeah, but I, I do think like UNFD especially is one of those labels that like they really feel like they truly care about their entire roster, and there's no like, hey, you're yeah. doing this because you're our show pony. It's like, hey, no you're way. doing this because you love it. Yeah, not once, and you know, like I said, even though I've only been in the band, you know, for well, shit, going on four years at this point. That's kind of crazy to think about, but <laughs> I've had nothing but great experiences with anybody at the label um you know whether it be a and r or our day-to-day -day manager i mean just everyone that's been in our corner has been so understanding and supportive and positive in, in every sense like there's not been a single time where you know we've been in a situation where maybe we felt like we didn't want to do something and they were like oh no fuck that dude you're you're doing that you're gonna do it yeah that that never happened and i couldn't be more grateful for that yeah absolutely um so kind of as we we tie out here to the end of the episode um obviously you've got the tour with with gray haven that's going to take you right up until the beginning of of july basically um yeah. by the time you guys get back home and everything it'll be yeah, basically yeah. july um, for sure <laughs> what's kind of what are you allowed to talk about i guess what's kind of the vision for the remainder of 2022 kind of what's planned out things like that you know we got some we got some things and stuff in the works things and stuff um we we're definitely gonna start writing some more um hopefully maybe have another release by the end of the year i'm not sure yet but it's definitely on the plate for us uh to start grinding on when we get back home and yeah we, we've got some other things in the work to keep us out on the road for the rest of the year so staying hopeful and, and positive about that because you know after not having it for two and a half years we're hungry so we're get as much of it as we can, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think I always try to, to end with like kind of the fun question before we do the social media plug and stuff, uh, for you, 
you've said hungry a lot of times, and I know it's not the way that you mean it, but I'm a fat kid, so I'm taking it as being hungry. What's the best tour food when you're out on the road? Oh, man, I'm going to get a lot of shit from the guys on this because <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> since, I, since, I've, since I've been home from that tour in February, I've definitely made a shift in my diet to try to get in better shape uh, just because I was a lazy piece of shit for the last two years. Yeah. during the pandemic and um i'm doing good now however my my guilty pleasure man i mean any top rated pizza spot in the city for sure is the go-to but um i really love wawa i love wawa gas okay. stations yeah. yeah yeah like the build your own burrito like the <laughs> mac and cheese bowls just like yeah. throw all the fried shit into a bowl and top it off with sauce and call it a day that's that's my jam and then Reese's peanut butter cups. Like yeah. I got, I got fucked with on this last tour. One of the mornings that we were on like an off day and my breakfast consisted of a king size pack of Reese's cups and like one of those Starbucks drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember cracking into them at like eight in the morning and like Tyler just like looking at me from the back of the van, like, is that your fucking breakfast? And I was just like, <laughs> leave me alone, dude. Like I didn't fucking sleep last night. Leave me alone. <laughs> so, hey, I don't see anything yeah. wrong with that. You know, Reese's are yeah. I mean, they're they're elite. You know, you can't go wrong. Yeah, with it's that. the superior snack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Since you brought up Wawa, I have to ask. Uh, I'm in Indiana, so we don't have Wawa or Bucky's. Okay. But what's your pick between Wawa and Bucky's? Oh fuck, Bucky's by a long shot, though. Only because like. I'm here in the panhandle of Florida. I'm in Panama City Beach. And the closest Bucky's, I think, is oh, somewhere in middle of nowhere, Alabama. I can't remember. It's somewhere outside of Huntsville, Alabama, which is like a three-hour drive from me. Yeah. So I can't have it unless I really, really want it. <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, Bucky's is just heaven on earth. Like, if I want to go and get a pulled pork sandwich and some homemade fudge and, like, an obscene amount of just like pork rinds and M&Ms and the popcorn things that they make or the candied pecans. I mean, I could, we could talk about Bucky's all day. Man. That's, yeah. that's, that's a slice of heaven for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I really say that it's, it's unfair for them to consider themselves a gas station. Like oh, you're a fucking yeah. grocery store that happens to sell gas. Yeah. Honestly, dude, if they allowed people to like, camp out at their spots if they have like rv sections i would just be like oh sick we got three days off on this tour for some unknown reason let's post up at bucky's like i'm gonna i'm gonna crush ten thousand calories a day at bucky's and, and that's it yeah no i yeah i'm with you on that one <laughs> yeah awesome man um so yeah let's do the the standard outro uh i'm obviously going to tag all the socials but where can people find you guys what's the best way to interact with you and things like that yeah, absolutely. Um, for all of our social media tags, we are at Who Is Limbs. Um, that's on Instagram, you know, Facebook, everything. We just made a TikTok because we're trying to stay young. Yeah. So you can hit us up on TikTok now as well and follow all of our uh, tour shenanigans as we post. <laughs> um, and then for tickets to the tour, you can go to whoislimbs.com. Um, we've got a link in all of our bios on socials as well. So you can just tap the little link tree button there and hit us up on that. And yeah, feel free to shoot us a message too. If, if you like the music that's coming out or if you don't like it, be like, Hey man, that shit sucks. Do better <laughs> No, but feel free to reach out to us for anything. Yeah. We're, we're there. Awesome, man. I appreciate your time. I really do. And you know, like I said, at the beginning, you, 
I know like obviously you want to do these things because they're self-serving to some extent too, but <laughs> I do appreciate it because you don't have to take the time to do this stuff. But I think, I think the way that I do these fans enjoy just hearing you talk, you know, and, and getting to know you a little more that builds that authentic connection just that much deeper. Yeah, man. I, I couldn't be more stoked to be here with you today and, you know, be able to hang out and kind of shoot the shit and yeah. share our love for Bucky's and, you know, in music in general, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm very stoked that we got to do this. Awesome, man. Well, I'll hit you guys up, uh, you know, when this goes live. And then we'll see about the Chicago show. The last day of the tour is in Chicago at the Beat Kitchen, which is about three and a half hours from me. So we'll see if I can work out my schedule uh, to get up yeah. there and, and check that out for you. Yeah, let us know. We'll, we'll put you on the cool kids list and just let us know when you get there. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate it, Austin. We'll uh, We'll be in touch soon, okay? Awesome, dude. Thanks so much again for having me. Take care. Yeah. You too. See ya. See ya. And that was my conversation with Austin from the band Limbs. Um, huge shout out to him again uh, for having this conversation um, and just, you know, being a great person to talk to and, and all of that. Um, let us know in the comments. I really want to see some interaction on this one. Let us know in the comments of the Instagram post. Are you guys a fan of Bucky's or what's your go-to, like, not even really a rest stop because Bucky's, you know, doesn't allow overnight uh, parking or anything like that. But, like, what's your go-to convenience store, whatever you want to call it? Um, you know, Bucky's is up there. Um, then you have places like Wawa and, and whatever, but. Uh, let us know. Let's see kind of just what that battle looks like in the comments. Um, be sure to go follow the band. As always, I'll have everything linked in the description of this podcast so you can go check them out. Uh, be sure that you are paying attention to their social medias. They've got a lot of cool shit. They're on the road right now, um, out on tour, and... You know, they've got some incredible shows. This podcast is going to be up on the 8th, and they're still going to have about 10 shows left to go. So if you're in Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, Utah, Colorado, or Chicago, Illinois, uh, definitely be paying attention because odds are they're going to be maybe semi-close to you and you can get out and check out the show. Uh, I am going to try to be at the Chicago show, but we'll see how everything goes. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's everything for this week, guys. Huge shout out to you guys for supporting the, the podcast and just everything that you guys do for me. Um, and yeah, as always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.